Indulge in the new. Indulge in the new. Indulge in the nostalgic vibes of this rock anthem that will transform you back to the 70s. It's like analyzing data while feeling more than just numbers and realizing the profound impact it can have on decision making. This is Kirk McMorris, a big-ass runner from Sacramento, California. Welcome to the Big-Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Coach Kirk. As he said, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big-Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 157. Thanks so much for joining. We have a great show for you today. In segment number one, we have our friend Kim Endo Campbell back. She's going to give us a race update and also talk about a coaching program that she and I both went through, a coaching certification. It was amazing, and we want to pass along some of those key learnings to you. So that's segment number one. You're really going to enjoy that. In segment number two, I'm, I'm going to tease it a little bit. I, I need to share something in the open here in a second to let you know why the second segment is what it is. So I'll get to that here in a second. But first, last week, we, or I think it was two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago or last week? I can't even remember. We had, it was two weeks ago. We had a wrap off. Timmy Time led us in two different wraps, one written by the data scientist, one written by the robots, the chat GPT robots. And Marcy and I both felt like the robots won, that they beat the data scientist. And oh my goodness, they were so upset. And perhaps rightfully so, because we have heard from the Big Ass Runner herd that they also felt that the data scientists had the better rap. It was controversial. It was divisive. I went down to the data warehouse. They were very upset. They were calculating just how upset they were. They threw some numbers and algorithms at me, and I didn't understand them. But I could tell by the way that they presented them, they were not happy. Very upset. I had to supply, you know, normally it's Funyuns this week. It was also spicy Cheetos. I think they're feeling a little bit better. But here's what their demands were. Hell, Hefe, you have so offended us that we want to have our own segment. We want to have a segment in the next show. And so that's what segment two is all about. And I said, hey, data scientists. And when I'm in the data warehouse, there's a bit of an echo. So it's like, it sounds like this. Hey, data scientists. We have a segment number two already. We, I can't let you have it. We're going to talk about, because it's summertime, and we know how much everyone loves Yacht Rock. We're going to talk about the top 10 Yacht Rock songs as a bit of a nod towards Marcy Baser, who loves her some Yacht Rock. And they said, oh, don't fear, El Jefe. We will put together a list of the top 
Yacht Rock songs because we have all the analytics. We all have the all the data analysis. We can do the data wrangling that you can't do. And so I said, okay, I had to relent because I was in trouble with them anyway. And I want them happy because they do add value. And so segment number two will be the top 10 Yacht Rock songs as composed by the data scientists. So look forward to that. Start making your own list in your head and see if the data scientists agree. Should be a lot of fun. We will see how that goes. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 157 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is Kim Indo Campbell. Kim, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Jeff. So excited to have you back. We have a, a lot of things to talk about. But last time you were on the show, we talked a little bit about your racing. People got to know you a little bit more. And I'd love for you to bring us up to speak. So I know you've had some good training going on. You've had a couple of races that you've done as well. Bring the big ass runner herd up to speed. What's ha- what's been happening with Kim? Well, to top off the month of March, I did the Blue Bell Half Marathon down in Brenham, Texas. It is, of course, Blue Bell ice cream themed. It you get free ice cream at the end. I am lactose intolerant, but I love ice cream, so it was just something I had to do. <laughs> um, it was super exciting, hilly course, and then I went out with a friend to. Jackson, Georgia. She ran the bootlegger out there as the inaugural year. I did a 10 miler out there. I got humbled by the trail, tripped over something in the dark and just went flying. But that one was really fun. Got to race in a new state, beautiful area. And I think I'll go back for that one. But my big one was at mid-May. So I believe I talked about it last time. It was the Flower Moon 50 miler. I DNF'd that last year. And it's been a whole year in the making, a whole redemption process. Went out there, had my plan, executed, hit all the hiccups, and still was able to troubleshoot through. And I came out as first female. I was 40 seconds off the course record. I wasn't shooting for the course record. I was just hoping to finish this time around. I didn't want to go back again. But it was really cool because I was also second overall out of all genders. Incredible. Incredible, yeah. incredible. And, and I think too, even more incredible that it was a redemption race and boy, did you get some redemption. I did. <laughs> I'd love to know, Kim, cause we're going to talk about some, some training certification that you and I both went through and some of the principles around that. But I'm curious, what, what did you change from a year ago that caused you to DNF to coming in second, just 40 seconds off the course record? So a couple things definitely had to change over time. The initial one was that the reason I DNF'd is my sciatic nerve in both legs had flared up so bad that it went all the way down to my feet and even walking was painful. So I just quit at the marathon. I'm like, I'm done. I'll come back again. So I had to address that. Um, 
looked at my past training and racing history, and I was racing a lot and racing hard. So I was wearing down my body, not allowing it to recover. So for the year of 2023, I cut back on races to focus on quality versus quantity, which is very hard because I want to do it all, but my (laughs) body can't. (laughs) Other things I had to address were uh, my nutrition. So I was thinking back to how what my nutrition was leading up to it. And I had a sinking suspicion that I was falling short in terms of like refueling after long runs and just fueling properly. So got in touch with a dietitian. Actually, one at NutriWorks, you work with Eve. I work with Maria here in the Addison, Dallas area. I got her help with uh, making sure I was fueling enough and then my performance nutrition as well. Um, Nutrition in general is important to me because I do have a history of an eating disorder. I've been in recovery for a while now, but because I was trying to follow intuitive eating and running can shut off your hunger cues, I really wasn't refueling properly at that point and enough protein in general. (laughs) So getting a dietitian really helped balance that out. And then training-wise, which we'll also touch on with our coaching certification that we kind of went through is... I started doing more miles, but I started doing a lot more slower miles just so that way my body could adapt to the stressors of an ultra going longer and being able to perform at a higher level uh, for longer. Yeah, that's great. And and good on you for learning you know, some of the things that didn't go so well a year ago, making the, the, the necessary adjustments in a lot of different areas. And you can kind of see, man, if you take take it seriously and get and recover properly, get the right nutrition, get those easy miles, those long, gentle miles to mm-hmm. form your aerobic base, what a what a big difference it can make. So congratulations on that second place finish. 40 seconds. Was it one of those that are like, you know, if I had known it was 40 seconds, I wouldn't have stopped at that last aid station. <laughs> it kind of was because I was like, when I finished, I'm like, you know what? I'm just happy with the finish. And then the next few days, I was like, 40 seconds. If I hadn't gotten behind on my electrolytes and walked for like half a mile, I could have caught up. If I didn't stop at the aid station the last time for ice, I could have caught up. Maybe if I just power hiked faster. But you know what? We're going to put all the what ifs behind. It happened. There's nothing I could change. And I'm still beyond thrilled that I was able to even do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's good perspective. It's like, you know, next year, if you want to try to go for it, you can do it. But this Absolutely. year was a huge, huge success. And by the way, you mentioned Maria at NutriWorks. I work with Eve. They're fantastic. If you're interested in getting your nutrition dialed in, I highly recommend them. Don't tell them, but you mentioned the Bluebell Half. I, Free ice cream? I'm going to have to I gotta sign up for that one. Free ice cream. You have to. Let's go back down. My husband wants to do it now, too. I got him into running. <laughs> yeah. I want to. I don't do any any half. It's a road, I suppose, right? Yeah. It is a road, yep. But it's country road, so it's not like off Kimber or anything. Your hips will be straight and aligned. You get the whole road to run on. It's great. Beautiful wildflowers, too. If it works in my racing calendar, I think I'm going to have to enjoy some ice cream after a run. That sounds amazing. Well, awesome. Well, we mentioned a little bit about how we are both now gone. We have both gone through a new certification. I did a certification 
a few months ago called USCA. So one's pretty popular. Jason Coop created that program. But I wanted to round out, I think, my my coaching and my learning. And so, Kim, you actually told me about the Lydiard program. And you had gone through it and you went through it again and you were in the same class as I was, a virtual class. And man, it was so good and we learned so much. So we wanted to touch on some of the principles that they talk about in the Lydiard program because I think they're so important. We talk about most of them on the show anyway, but I think the way that they put them together just makes such great sense, especially when you're thinking about doing ultra marathon distances. So let's walk through each of these five principles. I think the big S runner heard listening will really uh, learn a lot. I know I did, so I w- would love to share that. The first one, the first principle of the Lydiard method is aerobic base development. Talk to us a little bit about what that means, Kim. So aerobic base development is what some other training programs call junk miles, but they're really going to be the foundation of you being able to run at a faster and higher level. They are miles that you use to, you pretty much slow down and your body uses those to adapt, build the foundations, the physiological changes, mitochondria go to fat burning versus glycogen burning. And it just preps the body for the harder work that you'll do later on in the training cycle. Yeah, we've talked before on the show about, and I think that we actually talked with with, uh, Coach Melody about this, is typically you see runners either running their slow miles too fast or their fast miles too slow. They kind of are stuck in this middle. And what I loved about this first foundational principle is they even talk about the wider the base, meaning the wider, you know, your your foundation of aerobic-based miles are, the higher your peaks are going to be once you start kind of climbing the pyramid that we'll talk about here in a second. And so those aerobic miles, some people call it math training, there's different names for it, but it is so important to get that, like you said, that foundation, get the body working, body used to these longer distances at a slower pace. And what you end up finding is your slower pace starts to increase over time as you get more fit as well. And your heart rate will stay the same. And that's the hardest part for runners is putting the ego aside of, oh, I'm going so slow. But if you do it correctly, it actually gets easier and you just gradually get faster naturally. Absolutely. And it's not just for, a lot of people think, well, it's for beginners and you need to build that base if you're a beginning runner. No, it actually is, the science has proven out that building that aerobic base and you you go through the pyramid over time and then you start back at the aerobic base, keeping that aerobic base is super, super important. So I love, love that one. That's the first principle. The second one is response regulated training. Tell us a little bit about what that means. So response regulated training is pretty much kind of how it sounds is you, your training will adapt to how your body responds to it. Usually when you get just a standard type of training plan, you just follow it verbatim. But in instances where you have a coach or you understand these principles, you understand that sometimes your body will signal, oh, we need to actually back off of this stage. We're not ready to move to the next training block. Pretty much things are programmed based on how your body is responding to the training. And like you said, there is the wider the base, the higher the peak. Well, if you hit that peak too soon before your A race, that's not necessarily the best feeling when you're like, oh, I was actually better three weeks ago. So adapting your training to kind of slow down that peak so you actually peak at the right time. 
I remember when I did my my first 50K, Bandera, back in 2017. You know, I found online a 16-week ultra 50K training plan, and I followed that thing to a T, and it was great. I finished, but I've learned a lot since then. And, you know, we're all different shapes and sizes and DNA and strengths and weaknesses. And so, yeah, one size does not fit all. And this is one thing I loved about this program is you really as and this is why I think it's helpful to have a coach you listen to your body and you and you find out how you're responding to certain training stimulus and as you start to figure out I'm starting to plateau now it's time you may not plateau you may take a little bit longer to plateau at a certain level of the pyramid and so really being able to tweak the program based on how your body is responding I think is so important and it's going to get you to that finish line, you know, in much better shape, uh, stronger because you've had a plan that actually fits exactly what your body needs and your style is as well. So I love that one. Well, the third one, people may be a little bit more familiar with this one and sometimes don't like it because <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're tied to their Garmin stats and that's feeling-based training. Talk to us a little bit about what that is. So this one is actually one of my favorites. It was something that I had to change earlier this year. Feeling-based training is going based off of how you feel. Feel going through the exercise. Uh, Does it feel hard? Does it feel easy? Am I going at a moderate level versus being stuck at your watch saying like, oh, I'm going a seven-minute pace, but why does this feel so hard compared to five days ago when I ran it in the afternoon seven-minute pace? It's been absolutely game-changing for me and my training. I don't even know what pace or what my heart rate is the entire time I'm going through a workout. I just go based off of feel. And it's great because it's very liberating. You're not tied to your watch. And it also helps as a runner mentally. Just because a 10-minute pace in the winter is not your 10-minute pace in the summer, they feel completely different based off of, do you excel at running in the cold or do you excel at running in the heat? Yeah. And even things as I was running yesterday and it just was particularly humid and I still look down at my watch and look at my heart rate, and but I could almost predict how my heart rate was going to be based on how I was feeling. I knew I was breathing heavier. I was laboring a little bit. So I know it's like, this is going to be in about, you know, one, 160. And sure enough, I'm trying to stay under 140. So learning that, learning how to how your body feels at certain levels, I think is so important. And, uh, you know, I love the stats. I love the Strava. And I think that's all great. And we can measure progress and things like that. But to your point, if we really rely on more of the feeling base, that's that's just going to, it's going to free us up. You're going to go, Here, here's how I feel. And sometimes you're surprised. You're like, hey, I felt great. And you look down, your numbers were better than you even thought. So it works both ways. I think it's, it's such an important part of this program. Well, number four, Kim, is sequential program. What what does that mean? How important is that with the uh, Lydiard program? So Lydiard is based off a pyramid where you start at your base miles, you move on to your hills, then on to anaerobic work, or people know it as speed work, the integration phase, which is pretty much sharpening up, doing more race-specific training, and then you go into your taper. So sequential development is you go through those stages sequentially. You don't do a run on Monday, speed work Tuesday, rest Wednesday, hills Thursday, 
run on Friday, long run Saturday, double day Sunday. It's not that every single day, like you know exactly what you're doing, mixing it all together. At that point, you're just kind of taxing your body and not actually getting the developments you need. So that's what they call sequential development. You go through those stages and you move on to the next one based off of the response regulated adaptation. So you'll know you're ready for the next level when your body signals it. Either you feel great and you're like, okay, I'm ready, or you won't feel great. And then you're like, okay, we need to still sit here and work on this. Yeah, I think a lot of us, especially those of us that are fairly impatient, (laughs) like to just jump in and do it all. But exactly. there is there is a lot of science and reasoning why you do it in this particular order. You get those those like we talked about the long, gentle miles, those aerobic miles in first, and then you work on hills. And hills are different than maybe what you even think of like with hill repeats. It's more around getting your form and your strength and your stride, and then building in that speed work. So I th- you know, as we walked through this over the last, I guess it was been a couple of months going through this program and this training the sequence is so very important and so and it's so logical when you actually go through it and you see it and you see the statistics it just makes so much sense well the last one this is the fifth principle of the Lydiard training program is correct timing tell us more about that all right so correct timing kind of like what we mentioned before you want to peak at the right time so that is definitely the a race that you're aiming for you want your training to peak at that point, but also it is the timing of your workouts. You don't want to do hard workouts back to back because it just overstresses the body, can actually break the body down more than help you. So you want to be able to have enough recovery between workouts and recovery doesn't necessarily mean take a rest day unless your body's asking for it, but it's taking the aerobic runs easier and then really going hard on those workout days and giving your body time to recover before you do it again. Yeah, this one's great because I think the goal for any, any coach, any athlete really is to have their best day be their race day. And that's really what this program is designed to do is for you to be at your very, very best on that A race day. You may have some B races throughout the program and those may have different strategies but for that a race is to bring your best on that day and you do so by having the correct timing and peaking on that day well this is awesome kim it was so fun being in the same virtual class with you over the last several months and we both are coaches and we've both i think launched our coaching business about the same time and so i would love for you to talk a little bit about your coaching business the name, I think I know why the name is the name. You can talk a little bit about that and the kind of athletes that you're working with. All right. So I launched mine as Rising Run Coaching and I picked Rising Run Coaching as the name just because I love runners who are rising to the occasion, wanting to chase their goals, hence the rising. I really love sunrises and things like that. It's a, For me, it's like it's a new dawn, a new day type of situation. So keeping in mind that each day we get to do this sport, we get to run and we get to choose to chase whatever we want to chase as our goals. And in terms of athletes, I am sticking with the adult population, love high school, middle schoolers, (laughs) but 
they require a different type of coaching than what I'm currently certified to do. So adults chasing anything from like a 5k or just getting into running up to ultra marathons. I'm just here to help others chase their goals, be the second voice of reason if they need it, or just be their biggest cheerleader. And one thing with my running coaching is that I want to make sure my athletes get the education they need so that way they can make decisions in a more educated manner because I had to learn the hard way (laughs) about things. (laughs) Racing too much, it can definitely tax your body and all these other things about running that I just didn't know until I encountered it. So those are the type of athletes, my kind of thing. I also have a health and wellness coach certification. So for the runners that have busy lives, a lot of us do. We have work, family, other obligations. I love helping them figure out how to incorporate the sport they love into the life they already live. Because unfortunately, we all can't be paid to be professional runners or anything like that. It's a dream. but <laughs> You're pretty close, Kate. You're a lot closer right? than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. We're working on it. My cat's here. They need to have a sugar mama. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing I love, and, we, and, and I've been blessed in this role as, as host of this podcast to get to meet a lot of people, get to meet different coaches. And I truly believe that every trail runner who really has some big audacious goals ahead of them should get a coach. And I think it's great too, because everyone's style is going to be a little different. Everyone's focus is going to be a little bit different. Everyone's expertise is going to be a little bit different. And I heard someone say, and I I love this is, you know, find a coach that's maybe a two or three steps ahead of where you want to be. And I think for someone like you, Kim, who, who has podiumed quite often, and I know coach Greg, works with athletes who, you know, he's done 250 mile races, you know, people really kind of has some real big goals and he has so much experience, coach Melody, the same. So I'm so excited, Kim, that you've launched your, your uh, coaching business. And I know you've got several athletes already, you're building a roster. If someone was interested in working with you, what's, what's their next step? So you can either reach out to me on Instagram. You can go to Rising Run Coaching on Instagram or Endo the Run, E-N-D-O the Run, and DM me about inquiries, or you can email me at risingruncoaching at gmail.com. For athlete inquiries, I work with trail and road athletes because I'm a trail and road athlete myself. I love dabbling in both many across many distances. So I'm open to anyone just pursuing a goal. You were talking about coaching types and I definitely forgot to tell what type I am. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> so I am the one that I do have compassion, but I will also be the one that shoots it straight with you. I love it. Straightforward. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. And one thing, and I did, did mention um, specialization and expertise, but also what we didn't say about the, the Lydiard program is it is any, any distance athlete. In fact, you have 800 meter athletes, 1500 meter athletes, all the way up to the ultra marathon. This system and this pyramid works for any and all. So that's why I think we're both so excited to work with our athletes on this. Well, Kim, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. Excited about your coaching business. Excited to see where your particular racing and training takes you. And uh, what's your, what's next on the horizon in terms of your races? 
Uh, next on the horizon, so I have Twisted Branch 100K in the upstate New York area, um, awesome. August 19th. That's the last one on the schedule for this year. But next year, I'll see you at Bandera 100K yes. at the beginning of the year. You'll see me twice. It'll be awesome. Yes. <laughs> at the <Chapa laughs> Station. And I'm sure you'll be out at Lake Murray as well. We've got that meetup coming up in the fall Absolutely. in October. Kim, really enjoy this. It was so much fun, like I said, getting to go through the training with you. And I know we'll be at a lot of races together. So thanks so much for your time and for joining the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see where both of our coaching goes. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Well, you just heard Kim and I talking about our running coaching business or trail running coaching business. I am very passionate about this. This is something I've wanted to do for quite a long time. I like to help them find their goals, set their goals, achieve their goals. I'm all about the encouraging and getting out there and getting it done. And so if you'd like to work with me, this is Big Ass Runner Coaching. El Jefe, I have a couple of spots left. We had a few spots last week. We had a few filled. There is a handful left for my first roster. I'm keeping a very small roster because I want this to be very much a one-on-one, -on -one, hands-on, let's do this together. It's going to be awesome. I use Training Peaks to help give you the program and so you know exactly what to do. But if you feel like, hey, I need some accountability, I need some guidance, I need some encouragement, I need some help. Jeff at BigSRunner.com. Let me know. I'd love to work with you. I am offering the OG roster discount. So you will get the great price for life. So reach out to Jeff at BigSRunner.com. I would love to work with you and be your trail running coach. I go crazy wondering what there is to really see. We talk about music on this show quite a bit because, first of all, we all love it, except for Stephen Pritt. And if you don't know who that is, go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to the first 30-something episodes. Stephen was co-host of this show back in the day, and we try to get him on from time to time. Stephen's not a, a really a music guy, but Timmy Time is, and Timmy Time has the golden vocals that are just fantastic. And so he comes on from time to time to sing. We talk music a lot. And music is a part of trail running. Some of us listen to music while we run. Hopefully not when you're on the trail so much around people and groups and you're enjoying the camaraderie and the collaboration and the sounds of nature. But perhaps in training runs or if you're running the roads, that's what I've been doing lately. I've been listening to music while I run my neighborhood and get back into the proverbial swing of things. So we do talk about music a lot. And as I mentioned in the open, the the idea for this segment was what are the top 10 Yacht Rock songs of all time? And the data scientist wanted to do their own list. I let them do it. They even wrote a little preamble. It says, these Yacht Rock songs, handpicked by data scientists, Offer a blend of smooth melodies 
introspective lyrics, and a relaxing ambiance that complements the analytical mindset. They provide an ideal musical backdrop for data exploration, problem solving, and the pursuit of insights. Now with an intro like that, a preamble like that, how can you not get excited about this list? They have the top 10, and of course, I asked them to do a bonus as well. So I'm gonna go from backwards order, and again, brace yourself, this is the top 10 plus a bonus, Yacht Rock songs as selected by the data scientists. Number 10. And I'm going to actually share if I agree with this or not. But let's start with number 10. Also, have your own list in, in mind as well. Number 10, I'm Not in Love by 10CC. Now, they also provide, of course, as data scientists would, a reason behind why these songs made the list. So, I'm Not in Love, I'm Not in Love by 10CC. They say, get lost in the sarcastic undertones of this hit song that ironically proclaims, I'm not in love, so don't forget it. It's like analyzing data while pretending you're emotionally detached from the insights you uncover. So that's I'm not in love by 10CC, number 10 on the top Yacht Rock songs as composed by the data scientists. I like that song. I've got no problem with that so far. So good. Number nine, Steal Away. Why don't you steal away? Why don't you? No, that's a different song. By Robbie Dupree. They say, sneak away from your data analysis routine with this mellow tune that provides a brief escape to a yacht party full of questionable decisions and questionable fashion choices. There you go. Steal Away is song number nine. I like it. Not not opposed. So far, so good. Data scientists, I'm giving you a thumbs up. Maybe a little extra uh, case of Cheetos this week. We'll find out. Number eight. This is one I do have a problem with. I talked about this song. I don't like it. It's I just don't like the the story that it tells, but okay. This of course is Escape. The Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. I knew this was going to make the list because the, the data scientists, when they let their hair down, like them a Pina Colada or two. So I had a feeling, I had a hunch, had a fear. This might make the list. Let the witty storytelling of this song take you on a hilarious journey of marital misadventures. It's like analyzing data while wondering if there's a statistical escape from your current relationship status. That is true, and that's why I don't like the song. I don't like the song, so I'm, I'm not on board with this one. Not on board with number eight, Escape by Rupert Holmes, the Pina Colada song if you're playing along how they doing i'm feeling like three two no two out of three i'm okay with two out of three not so bad number seven brandy you're a fine girl by looking glass the ultimate one hit wonder 
They say sail away with Brandy. The fine girl who knows how to keep sailors entertained. It's like analyzing data while imagining the adventures of a spirited bartender on a yacht full of colorful characters. I guess. I guess. You know, this is funny. This song has a little bit of a story. I did not know this song for the longest time. In fact, Timmy Time introduced it to me and was shocked that I didn't know it. I don't know why I didn't know it. I hear it all the time now. It's kind of like when you're looking at a particular car and you see that car everywhere. I feel like this song is all over the place. Don't know how I missed it. I like it. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know if it'd make my top 10 list of Yacht Rock songs, but there you go. Number six, this is a favorite of both Timmy Time and myself. This is All Out of Love by Air Supply. Experience the melodramatic side of Yacht Rock with this power ballad that perfectly captures the emotional roller coaster of working with stubborn data sets. It's like pouring your heart out to your data, hoping for a breakthrough. There you go. I like the song. I'm a fan of Air Supply. I'm not afraid to say it. Not afraid to say it. That's a good one. Good job, data scientists. What is number five? Number five, Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. Picture yourself dancing on the deck of a yacht under a moonlit sky while analyzing data that makes you want to groove. This song sets the mood for both disco-inspired moves and a statistical breakthrough. Boy, ain't that the truth. I long for that on the daily. Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. Could not have told you who sang that song. Know it. Know it. Have no problem with it. Pretty good list so far. Save the Pina Colada song. Number four. By the way, if you're playing this at home, Big Ass Runner Heard, how you doing? Any of these on your list? Do you feel the data scientists have a good list going? We're, we're entering the top four now. It's getting exciting. Actually, the next two are by the same band. And I don't think of this band necessarily as Yacht Rock, although the data scientists have it on the list. I'm sure they've done the data. I'm sure they've done the statistics. Number four, Rosanna by Toto. Dive into the world of romantic yacht rock with this hit song, featuring cryptic references to Rosanna that will make you wonder who she really is. It's like unraveling the mysteries of your data while daydreaming about your own yacht-based romance. I don't think there's cryptic references to Rosanna. I think there's literal references to Rosanna. There you go, Rosanna by Toto. Dig the song. I like it. It's a good one. That's number four. Number three. This is the one that the Bazers say when they ask Siri or Alexa to play Yacht Rock. This is the first song it plays. And this also by Toto. It is, of course, Africa. Embark on a hilarious journey through the 80s anthem featuring enigmatic lyrics that data scientists still haven't fully deciphered. It's like trying to understand complex statistical models while a chorus of I bless the rain down in Africa echoes in your mind. 
That's pretty deep. Pretty deep, Dana Scientist. You guys are pretty good writers. I'm impressed. Africa, number three on the list of top yacht rock songs as put together by a data scientist. Well, number two, this is a winner in my book. This is my favorite yacht rock song. This is, of course, Sailing by Christopher Cross. They say this yacht rock classic resonates with data scientists as it captures the tranquility and serenity required for deep analytic thinking and problem solving. Number two, Sailing by Christopher Cross. And then number one, I don't agree with this. See if you do. Not a bad song. I just don't think of it as the best yacht rock song there is. But the data scientists seem to think the data plays this out. Number one, Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Get ready for some smooth sailing with this Grammy-winning hit. It's the perfect song when you want to analyze data while pretending you're on a luxurious yacht surrounded by dancing palm trees. That is Smooth by Santana. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't have made my list. Would it make yours? Well, of course, we have a bonus. We always ask for a bonus because the big-ass runner herd deserves a little something extra. I don't think of this song as a Yacht Rock song. I love it. It's by one of my favorite bands, actually. More of a classic rock band, 70s band. And that is More Than a Feeling by Boston. Indulge in the nostalgic vibes of this rock anthem that will transform you back to the 70s. It's like analyzing data while feeling more than just numbers and realizing the profound impact it can have on decision-making. That is more than a feeling, our bonus Yacht Rock song by, of course, the greatness of Bradley Delp, Tom Schultz, and the fellas at Boston. Well, what do you think? There's the list. Number one was Smooth by Santana. Number two was Sailing by Christopher Cross, three, Africa by Toto, Rosanna by Toto, Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest, All Out of Love by Air Supply, Brandy by Looking Glass, Escape, the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes, Stealing Away by Robbie Dupree, and I'm Not in Love by 10CC with a bonus of More Than a Feeling by Boston. Well, what does the big-ass runner Heard, think of that list. Tell me what your songs that would make your top 10 list are for your best Yacht Rock songs. Thank you, data scientists, for all the hard work, for all the algorithms and data analysis that you did. I think that's a pretty solid list. I agree with most, disagree with a few, but not a bad list. Way to go, data scientists. There are the top 10 Yacht Rock songs from the data scientists. Hear the drums echoing tonight Cheers only whispers of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12.30 flight The moonlit wings reflect the stars that
Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 157 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everyone involved. Coach Kirk for the intro, for Kim Endo for joining me in segment number one. And of course, the data scientist for your amazing list of Yacht Rock songs. And also, we want to thank, we have so many great partners on this show. You guys have heard us talk all the time about Exoskin, the toe socks, and the... I don't know, the liners. The Coach Greg wore the same pair of exoskin liners for an entire Cocodona 250. That's how amazing they are. Go to exoskin.us. Check it out. They are the best exoskin. And, of course, a big thanks to our audio engineer, Steve Sasparilla Saunders. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. Know that I must do what's right. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. I seek to cure what's deep inside. Frightened of this thing that I've become. A training, not a training. I keep calling it a training. It's not a training. Why segment number two? That sounds weird. The data scientist came out on hit. That the data scientist came ahead. That the what the happening. Awesome. Well, Kim, awesome. See, I screwed that up. I love pouring into people. I love helping people find their goals, set their goals. I don't like to help them find their goals. I do like to help them find their goals. Keevan, Keevan, we've changed his name apparently. A reason behind why these are picked. Why these? Oh, I shouldn't have had that third taco. Of working with stubborn distastes. No, of working with of working with stubborn data sets. Number five. Number five. <clears throat>